Support for WMNF and Live Music Showcase comes from listeners like you and Generations Cosmetic and Family Dentistry. This modern dental office provides both routine and complex treatments, including improving smiles. More at gendentistry.com. Welcome to Live Music Showcase here on WMNF Tampa. I'm your host, Ken Apperson. It is a beautiful Friday afternoon here on June 2nd. We've got some weather moving in today, but don't you worry. We're going to keep the uh, mood sunny and bright here with Mr. Sean Hopper, who was kind enough to join us here last minute. Much appreciated, Mr. Sean Hopper. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Couldn't be happier to have you in studio. If you like acoustic music, if you like instrumentals, if you like Stevie Wonder, (laughs) I have a feeling this is going to be the episode for you. Sean, take it away, man. You got it, buddy.
Live Music Showcase here with Sean Hopper, Acoustic Virtuoso, and uh, definitely a fan favorite here on Live Music Showcase. You've been on the show like, what, six times, I think, in the past? Yeah, a good bit, man. Uh, I think it started like back in 2014 or 2015. Yeah. And then it was like uh, some friends of mine in town, like Randy. I think I'm going to say his last name right. Randy. Randy Wynn. Strib Stribling. Oh, oh okay. He uh, he sponsored one of them one time, and I did a house concert from right down the road in Seminole Heights. Wow. And it, like filled up because of that. It was so great. That doesn't surprise me at all. See, <laughs> Sean, Sean Hopper is a little bit of a, of a Tampa celebrity when it comes to the world of guitars. Sean's been on tour with B.B. King, uh, the late B.B. King. He has been on the same stages as the Gypsy Kings and uh, what, Night Ranger was one of them. And yeah, Night Ranger was uh, uh, March of 2021. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I got a text from Bobby Rossi, he's like, "Hey, you want to you want to open for Night Ranger?" And I was like, "Let me think about it." Yes, <laughs> and that's usually how it happens. You just get a text right from, from someone who can make that happen, and it was Bobby. And it's very informal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love it. I mean, that's the way the industry kind of is when you get to a certain level. Honestly, it's just you know, big group of friends. Yeah, that, pretty much. You know, hey, dude, we're doing this. There's eighty thousand people. You want to do it's it? Like whatever. It's <laughs> like, you know, it's fine. Sean, Sean has managed to accomplish a lot of the benchmarks that a lot of musicians strive to accomplish and a lot of them never actually hit those benchmarks. We're going to talk about that at the half of the show along with a topic that I think is really, well, I'll put it this way, every musician has an opinion on this for sure and that is the role of the ego in the world of music and Sean's personal experience with that kind of thing. Sure. My experience yeah. with that, I think, as well. We all have some stories to tell. Absolutely. But yeah. first, yeah. I think we're going to hear another Sean. Another Sean. Another, another Sean, Sean song. Another, another song, Sean. Sean. Yes, please. Yeah. Um, so with guitar, I mean, I just like to, you know, get funky with it sometimes with bass lines and melody. And uh, I have to give a shout out to, you know, like Tommy Emanuel and Ben Lisi. These are the dudes. I mean, there's there's hundreds, but the the ones that come to mind, Sam Pacetti. Tommy Emanuel, Pete Huttlinger, and Ben Lacey, <clears throat> Martin Taylor. Funny name for a guitar player, <laughs> Martin yeah. Taylor. Um, these these dudes are just huge influences. So um, Pete Huttlinger had this great arrangement of uh, Superstition by Stevie Wonder, and they called it the impossible guitar arrangement, and I'll explain why. So here we go with the bass line. So you hear the bass. And Pete put this together. You're like, how in the world is he going to do the other parts? I mean, that's just one. You got three more to go. And you got the melody. See, there's your melody. And there's a horn section. It goes. And then you got the, of course, the backbeat. So I saw Pete Huttlinger do this. My mind was blown. And uh, I was like, i got to learn that a little bit. Challenge and, uh, accepted. Yeah, challenge accepted. And uh, nobody could ever do it like Pete. And he passed away in 2015. So I like to you know, pay respect to that man. And then Ben Lacey taught me how to take that arrangement and put this groove to it. So here we go. This is uh, Superstition by Stevie Wonder. All in real time. We'll leave the looper alone on this one. One, two.
live music showcase here on WMNF. We're live in studio with Sean Hopper. <clears throat> I know it might be hard to believe, but that's just one person playing guitar right now. If you need more proof, you can join the live stream happening right now on Facebook. Just go to your Facebook uh, your Facebook homepage and then go to your search and search WMNF's live music showcase to join in on the live stream right now. We do have a, a couple of comments already. Uh, Joey Ferris is stating the obvious. says he's good. <laughs> Thanks, Joey. No, no exclamation point. Just That's he's okay. good. I'll take it. Thank you, man. Appreciate David Bryant says, Sean sounds great. Quite a guitar virtuoso. He should play a Florida Folk Festival sometime. I'd love to, man. I've never been invited, but uh, my teacher... Oh, thank you, by the way. That's Brian. Uh, David Bryant. But yeah. Thank you so much, man. Um, Sam Pacetti, who's been on this show, who's played... He's just a legend. Um, if you've ever heard Sam, but man, he's just... I mean, it's like uh, you got those guys that play guitar and like they become guitar when they play. That's Sam. It's like Tommy Emanuel, and only he. Tommy's an unbelievable guitar player, but Sam, not only is guitar playing unmatched, he's one of those guys that if you heard a thousand finger pickers, you you know which one was Sam. Not Interesting. Just blind. Just listen, and you could hear the tone. You could hear the technique. You can hear the flair in his playing and go. There he is. He's he was number eight hundred and sixty-two. <laughs> he's the like he's just like BB King and Stevie Ray Vaughan. You know when those dudes are playing, you can tell. Yeah, and uh, that's Sam, and he's played that festival many times, and yeah, just an unbelievable musician, and he can sing like a bird. <laughs> so I love that. it's just not fair. Yeah, <laughs> he's got it all when it comes to just in, insanely high caliber musicianship. Well, you mentioned BB King. I definitely want to hear some stories from the road when sure, you're on yeah. tour with BB King coming up in yeah. a little bit. But uh, let's hear your next song, man. You got it, man. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to do something a little uh, more jazzy. I've been getting into jazz a lot lately. I mean, I've been into it for a while, but now I kind of want to like know what I'm playing sometimes and like you know the weird numbers and stuff after the chord like sharp 11 flat 5 raise 9 thing whatever that yeah. is I've been getting into that because I met this uh, well thanks to you uh, and Angela shout out to Angela at GCC Grand yeah. Cathedral Cigar Lounge um, I met this piano player named John Linton yeah comes in and plays and I've heard him I mean he's just astounding yeah Dude, the way he plays it's like it's so fluid watching his hands. Like there's no tension, and he's just, ding, yeah, you know, so fast. But the taste he plays with is incredible. So I've been really getting into a lot of that stuff now with guitar, and obviously listening to Joe Pass. So on this one, <clears throat> I am gonna start off a little intro with just guitar, but then I'll bring in my. I'm gonna use my looper pedal on this one just to to play some jazz lines and stuff. So here we go. Nice. This is a. Uh, Everybody will know this one. This is classic, Autumn Leaves.
John Hopper, live in studio with us today on Live Music Showcase here on WNF. Now, we have so much to talk about. Uh, yeah, man. And I'm, I'm proud to say that I've been able to call you a friend for a number of years. Absolutely. Quite a few years here. But uh, something that we both have in common is we've both experienced the musician's ego mm -hmm. out there in the world, yeah. on stage, off stage, backstage, front stage. It doesn't matter. It's there. Yeah. And everyone whether you're a musician or not, in some capacity, in some way, shape, or form, has to deal with it. Yeah. And I think we're going to talk a little bit about that here coming up after this next song. But before Sean dives into this next song, a little reminder. Next week is our shows and this entire station's uh, pledge drive. Wait a second. Don't turn the dial <laughs> just yet. I know it's a, it's a tough thing to listen to, but we're going to make it a lot easier on you because next week we have... Uh, Tampa Bay hometown hero, blues guitarist and vocalist Selwyn Birchwood is going to be joining the show next week, him and his full band. And he's going to be helping us raise money for the station because, after all, we can't do cool things like this. We can't have cool musicians like Sean Hopper and Selwyn Birchwood into the studio without the support of the listeners just like you. So make sure you get those pocketbooks ready for next week. Does anybody carry pocketbooks anymore? I don't even know what that is. It's a just, place to keep money. Make sure you keep <laughs> you, you keep your place to keep money ready for next week's episode because it is a do doozy. This show has to raise $1,500 in one hour. That is our goal, raising $1,500 in one hour next week. Not this week. If you do it this week, it doesn't count. I know that's weird. It doesn't count. So hold on to it. Wait until next Friday. Tune in, listen to Selwyn Birchwood. He's even bringing in a couple of LPs and CDs to give away as pledge gifts as well. So you've got that to look forward to as well. So uh, next week, we have Selwyn Birchwood. This week, we were originally planning to have a band called Trey and Friends. Uh, Trey and Friends is awesome, really, really cool, jazzy band. They're, they're one of the few like indie bands that are incorporating like the saxophone again, nice. which is very, very cool. Uh, very jazzy, very funky. They're going to be on the show. They rescheduled. Unfortunately, their lead singer got the flu which, uh, you know, it's frustrating for everybody. But yeah. at the end of the day, we just hope that he has a speedy recovery and we'll see them in August. So make sure that you keep an eye out for uh, that episode coming up real soon. So, Sean, what do you have for us before we dive into the world of your experience in music and in the world of music and egos? Um, I like to play this fun arrangement. I usually open my show with this whenever I like, you know, because if you're on a big stage <clears throat> with subwoofers, Oh, I bet this, I know what this is. Yeah, yeah. Go for it, this, please. This tune is so fun, and I got to give a shout-out to where I learned it. <clears throat> uh, Michael Chap Delane, uh, incredible guitar player. He won <clears throat> first place. He won first place in uh, International Fingerstyle Guitar Championship. He actually, funny enough, he beat Sam. <laughs> Sam got third place. This guy got first. This was back in, like, 99. But this arrangement was always so cool to me, and... Uh, and I just I can never play it like him, but I kind of just do my own thing. So this has come together by the Beatles, Ooh, yeah. and uh, it's a lot of fun, especially like I said on a big stage. Because with this guitar, which is a Maiden, shout out to Maiden. I got to give them a, a prop. <laughs> I have to because they, they they're so good to me. Maiden guitars out of Australia. When you hit the low end on this thing on subwoofers, it makes people's clothes move. Mm -hmm. It's so fun. So here we go. This is come together. We're gonna have the uh, kick drum right here snare drum up top, the toms across the body, the bass line, and then the melody. 
go. There's all of it at the same time. Y'all enjoy. Music Showcase here on 88.5. We're live in studio with Sean Hopper. Man, oh man. 
Now Thank I have to go you, home brother. and practice for eight <laughs> hours. Thanks, Sean. Thanks. Oh, That's what my weekend's going to be like now. So for those of you out there who are Pink Floyd fans, you're in luck. Uh, in case you didn't know this already, you probably do if you are Pink Floyd fans. But tomorrow night at the Floridian Social, there is a Pink Floyd tribute show going on. Which one's pink? A musical event celebrating the 50th anniversary of Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Benefiting WMNF 88.5 FM, uh, performed by some of the Bay Area's top musicians. And when they say that, like, it's true. McLean Mannix is playing. Oh, McLean. Um, nice. the, uh, from what I hear, like, the lead singer of Candlebox is, is performing on this that thing. That is like, cool. Like, it's a really, it's honestly going to be a really spectacular event. Uh, tickets are on sale at FloridianSocial.com, and it is this Saturday, as in tomorrow, June 3rd. So if you haven't scooped up a ticket for that, uh, I would do it quickly because those tickets are not going to stick around very long, guaranteed. All right, so Sean Hopper, the great Sean Hopper of Tampa Bay. <laughs> I know that makes you uncomfortable to hear it's that. Good, We're going to talk about that sure, exact yeah. concept here in a minute. <laughs> but first, I need to let the listeners know who you are and where you come from and why you really do have... Uh, experience with this subject that we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. Sean Hopper has a <laughs> tremendous career uh, behind him and, and ahead of him. He's accomplished such things as being on tour with B.B. With King. He shared the stage with numerous national acts, uh, opening for them and sometimes actually sharing the stage. with. You actually played with the Gypsy Kings at one point, right? Uh, I opened for the Gypsy Kings, but I got to I, I became good friends with Tim Reynolds. Tim well, Reynolds. Since 2008, yep. I, he started uh, letting me get on stage with him, uh, play tunes with him. I learned one of his tunes, and yeah. you know, just I'd get to join him and just jam. And then you know, we ended up hanging out in the hotel room one night and playing one of my tunes. It's on YouTube. You can go watch I think we're both we're a little tipsy on wine, but we jammed. <laughs> like, yeah, I handed him my guitar and he, I played one of mine, and we jammed one of my tunes for like ten minutes. So it was pretty fun to play with one of Dave's band members. So when I tell you that that Sean has experience with people on some of the highest levels in the music industry here, uh, you you can trust that that's true. So for example, let's talk first about your experience with BB King. Um, okay, I tell you exactly what happened. I uh, I got an email one day from uh, I think his name was Kevin. Got to work for Bobby Rossi. He said, "Hey, you want to open for BB King?" I was sitting in Paradise Restaurant in Safety Harbor. Yeah, and it was another one. Was, Let me think about it. Yes, <laughs> and I'd never done anything like that. Uh, well, on that level, I right. uh, I played since two thousand eight. I had uh, opened shows for Tim Reynolds. Right, and that was like you know anywhere from. 400 people to a thousand people a show and uh it was very shocking i'm from south georgia i'm from adel georgia it's a very small town yeah you get on all of a sudden you're on stage in front of a thousand people yeah uh huh yeah so um and then years later uh when i got the bb king gig and it went well and then his agent had cleared for me to like go play other shows with him the broward center in uh in fort lauderdale and then the Florida Theater in Jacksonville, and obviously Ruth Eckerd Hall. Like, so, so much fun. And uh, just getting to be in that dude's presence. You know, he yeah. was such a kind human and very gracious. And um, it was a little sad also to see, uh, and I mean, I'll, I'll say it, like, at the shows, like, outside the shows, like, I'd be just, like, wanting to get a picture with him. But so many people just wanting uh, to take something from him. You could see it. Yeah. You could see it. Like, people just coming up, like, saying they were family members. And, like, and, and to, I remember seeing the look on his face at one point. He was just sitting there, like, you know, almost like yeah. vultures kind of picking him apart. Yeah. 
And I was like, I just want to ask the dude like a guitar question, you know, like, right. And I got to get on his bus at one point, hang with him. And, um, and he had, I, we had talked about playing come together Yeah. and I played it way too fast and ah. I probably still do. And I showed him some of the stuff I was doing. He's like, yeah, that's pretty cool, man. He goes, but check this out. And he took his guitar and he, I was playing the melody very choppy, like, yeah, just not coherent for right. singing. And he took his guitar and he just goes. And I was like, oh, I'm doing that. Right. So just that one little moment of hanging out with a legend that inspired Jimi Hendrix and Stevie Ray Vaughan and just shaped blues music and, and sure. so much of a culture was an honor for, for a dude from South Georgia to get to do that. So, uh, but yeah, it was there was moments of sadness of seeing like people just want to attach to his status right like, see if i can get something from him while he's here and all the hyperbole around him and that was really unfortunate i know? mean would you say that like when you get to a certain level in your performance ability in your stature in your notoriety mm -hmm. would you say that people see that and they they want to Kind of like what you said, like take a piece of that yeah. for themselves. Yeah, I call it vicarious vulture culture. Vicarious yeah. <laughs> vulture culture. That sounds like yeah. an album title, Sean. If I, I've been never said that out loud. Anyway. Oh. It's just something I've I, I see it all the time. I don't yeah. talk about it, but uh, sure, it is there. Sure, um, it's something as simple as like you know, I go back home to my hometown. I'll play a show, and like people that never knew I existed, kind of thing, right? All of a sudden, I made the front page of the newspaper which is not a big deal because it's just a front and a back it's a small town they don't have sure. a lot to talk about but all of a sudden like because i did a thing somewhere and other people clapped for it and talked about it it doesn't even matter what the thing is yeah like, you know i could have just been on stage just going if a lot of people applauded that mm -hmm. oh i gotta go hang out with him well that's the nature of it isn't yeah it? and it was just really odd to me because like i remember uh you know people coming up to me at like that i again never hung out with in high school didn't know i kind of existed all of a sudden like they're like oh my gosh like i remember like oh i'm so good to see you again and i would go nice to meet you yeah because we never met like right and not that I'm, I'm not. They a want so desperately to to feel like they they already know you. Maybe they do feel like they already know you, or they yeah. want to believe that that narrative is true. Yeah, it was just a weird feeling for me because I, when I meet someone for the first time, I shake their hand and like. Sure. So I was taken aback. Like, wait, hold on, wait. We never knew each other though, yeah. and like all of a sudden, because I did this thing somewhere and you saw it, and now you're here, which cool. But do you? I guess the question is, did you care about the music? Or did you care about the attachment of like, I know him and I just want to be close or whatever and say, hi, hi, everyone, look, high-fiving the guitar guy. So that <clears throat> is an interesting point. Yeah. Because uh, that's that's kind of the, the, the plight, the blight, the plight of the successful musician and successful artist. Mm -hmm. the, um, the loneliness in a large crowd, so to speak, I guess yeah. you could say. So let me ask you this. I mean... First of all, how old were you when you first started playing guitar? Uh, well, let's see. I started playing guitar outside of a game room in 1997. Huh. Uh, yeah, I, I was 11. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I remember... A guy named Tim Rutland, long-haired dude, he was playing Nirvana covers. Yeah. And I'll never forget, he was sitting on top of a trash can, giant trash can, and he's playing of Nirvana. And I just walked up wearing my Little League Dodgers uniform with my best friend Dewey Harrell, 
and I just like saw it and I was like, that's cool. Yeah. He was playing Come As You Are. And, yeah. Yeah. And I just got hooked on guitar and, and I'll never forget that moment. And, um, and I just, you know, took it from there. Uh, I got sent away to a boot camp for about three months, got in some trouble, but I got straightened no. up. Yeah. No. Uh, no, not me. No way. Uh, I got out <laughs> and I just got to, to practicing. I didn't really know what to practice. I just like, like sounds and sure. noises out of the guitar. And uh, then I met Sam Pacetti in 2003, and that just kind of changed everything. So at what age did you start to attract attention because of the way you were playing guitar? Uh, let's see. Probably, uh, I'd say probably around 05. Okay. Because I just, I would, uh, I'd practice all the time. Yeah. I had a band called Wilson Empire, and a shout out to my buddy Ryan Graham. He was a drummer. And uh, we moved to Atlanta. And we wanted to like get a record deal, and I was playing bass. I played bass for years, and uh, but I always loved guitar, and I love fingerstyle guitar, and just the sounds of big chords and stuff. So uh, we'd go play a gig, and then I'd go like they try to sleep or party, and I'd lock myself in the bathroom and just practice. Yeah, and that was kind of my thing. And uh, I I wrote tons of music. I, I didn't even know what I was writing. Uh, yeah. Don Ross was one of my biggest inspirations as far as being a, a songwriter. Yeah. Um, on guitar and uh, instrumental music, so I would just write riffs and chords and progressions and just like try to coherently put them together somehow. No rhyme or reason, just, I mean, I, I'd give it a random name, you know, like I wrote a song called No Steamboats. I don't know why. I just <laughs> called it that. Uh, that's, I think that's pretty uh, typical, typical yeah, just, word, but that's pretty common in the yeah, uh, instrumental just, guitarist yeah, world. Yeah, just give it, what do you call it? Whatever you want. Uh, so... I'd write these tunes, and then all of a sudden, uh, the band thing just, it wasn't really for me, it wasn't working out, and I i remember going to Eddie's Attic in Atlanta one night, and they have a songwriting competition every Monday night, like 25 or 30 songwriters show up for it's the- It's legendary. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, it's John Nationally Mayer, known, yeah. John, John Mayer won it in 97 with Clay Cook, and, um, and so I went to that, and I'm like, somebody signed me up. Like, my buddy Jeremy, he signed me up. He's like, dude, you're gonna compete. I'm like, huh? I'm not a singer. <laughs> I play guitar. So I get up there and I just played an instrumental tune of mine. And then next thing you know, like, I'm like, okay, that was fun. Yay. And then the guy, Eddie, Eddie Owen, and he gets up there and he goes, okay. Our of Eddie's Attic. Of Eddie's Attic. Right. He gets, he says, okay, the winner for tonight, da, 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 Sean Hopper. And I was like, wow. I didn't sing at all. That's not possible. Ah. Like, these people have vocals and they're great, you know, and they're singing heartfelt stories and verses and choruses. So I won, and then I got to go to the biannual shootout, which is twice a year. Yeah. And I went to that thinking, okay, I'll be out of this in the first round. Not a problem. It'll be a fun experience. Yeah. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to play a few notes. And they're going to go, okay, dude, you can move along. And it's an elimination round kind of thing. And I got up there, and they have a little chart. Oh, sorry. They have, the little, <laughs> they have the little chart thing, you know, who you're going against. And I do my thing, and then they do their thing. And then the judges go, yay or nay or whoever. And I won to the next round. I'm like, what is happening? So I kept going to the next round, single elimination. Finally, I got to the last round. I'm going up against this incredible vocalist. Her name was, her name is Adrienne. That's how she pronounced Adrienne. That's all she went by. And she had a voice that would shatter the walls. It was so powerful. Wow. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm definitely, okay, it's been fun. It's finally going to be over. <laughs> I'm done. And I was right. At that point, I was right. And I knew it because she was too good. And, uh, but it was really cool after that because uh, the, there was a lot of people there. Atlanta Journal-Constitution was there. All this stuff was happening from that. And I got this big write-up on the front page. It said, 
this dude, you know, or not this dude, that's the way I'm talking, paraphrasing. This guy, Sean Hopper, blah, 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 write songs that wrap their strings around your heart uh, without singing a word, went to the final round of Eddie's biannual shootout. So that got me a lot of, like, attention. Sure. And uh, I got, you know, to go to a studio, record for three days for free at Earth Sound. Um, so it was just a, a shocking experience for me. I'd never done anything like that. So let me ask you this. Did that make your ego inflate? Yes. Yes. It did. Okay. Yep. I would imagine it would. It did on, uh, it was like one thing would inflate it and the other would deflate it. So like. I would, I went like, for example, I went to Earth Sound. And I remember looking in Earth Sound, seeing all the platinum records like TLC. And, yeah. And I remember just like, oh my God, I'm in the room of the people that walked here. And then that's ego going, ah, oh, I'm in the presence of it. I'm one of oh, these people. Yeah. 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 And I'm here now. But then yeah. I would, something as simple as like, look at the stage and how. It's weird. It's gonna be. I look at the stage and the carpet, and it's like torn and uh-huh. dirty. And I just go, "Wait, it's just a building." <laughs> I was like, "There's not a big. This isn't a big deal." And so when I went and started doing shows with Tim Reynolds, it got really inflated because you go out and you all of a sudden you've never played for more than ten, twenty people, sure. and then you play for five hundred and a thousand. Yeah, and you're selling CDs, and like girls are just like, "Oh my god!" So let me ask you this: How did your ego get you in trouble? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, if you get caught up in it, you know, and you identify with it, you you hang on, you know, you hang on, and then you don't take criticisms well, because mm. uh, you've identified with this thing that has gotten you this result, mm-hmm. you know, well, this is the thing that facilitated all these people, and th- they love me now because of this buffer, Yeah. so I must safeguard this and protect it, you know, it's, yeah. so it can alter your behavior. Yeah. And it started to. Yeah. Especially when I came back home from playing shows with Tim and I went to play like a little bar or something. And I'd do the same stuff I did with Tim at this little bar and now all of a sudden no one's listening. No one's ah. clapping. And I remember having moments of like, you know, like, do they know who I am? Like, you know, oh, wow. it, it's, it's that little inner. That little voice. In the he's back in there going head. like, yeah, dude, they should know who you are. You start playing louder, you turn your amp up more. And then, um, one day, I, I just applied this kind of thinking. Again, I, I don't know why I always use the stage for this, but uh, I looked at, I think I was at Capitol Theater or something, and I just like looked at the stage just to kill that weird, like, oh, I'm here and I'm up on the thing, and yeah. everyone's. I went, no, you're just standing on two by fours. Yeah. That you're standing on a pile of wood. You used to work at a lumber company. It's not a big deal. So, is that <laughs> how you. Because, I mean, we look at it this way. You, as you were younger, as you were developing, and yeah. as you were going through these things, probably didn't have as much awareness of all of this stuff going on in Definitely your head. Definitely not. No. And you can look back on it and go, "Wow, look at look at that version of me." I, I have that too. I remember. Oh man! Yeah. And I'll probably have that ten years from now too. Looking back on me now, like, what yeah. are you doing? Shut up! Stop talking. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> we all have. There's a cringe moment for all cringe of us. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so for any young, up and coming musicians out there, maybe they have gotten a little success you know yeah. here in town maybe they have found their footing in the music world what kind of advice would you give to those folks out there that they might actually hear you know what i mean because uh, sometimes it's just like oh, well, you can't tell me anything i'm the best. i mean right off the bat I, the, right off the bat is try to just revisit why you love the thing you're doing ah. that's I, I really like just the, and there are ways weird little like internal thought processes to do that like for example if I want to appreciate how much I love playing the guitar and I get like that whole like, oh, I'm playing and I'm bored, da, 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 
I just switch left-handed for a second and go, oh my gosh, this is really, really hard to Interesting. do. This is insane. Yeah. Who does this? Yeah. And then you switch back and go, I'm really grateful. I'm so grateful that I practice and learn and, and you have this love and gratitude, you know, and there's just, you know, that's, that's me personally, what I do. And it, it takes my consciousness back to, I really love this and I'm grateful and I have fun. So I could be playing and no one could be listening and it won't matter. I love so that. the love of the craft, like the, why you started kind of thing. Sure. Um, and a lot of the times with me, uh, when I'm playing somewhere and I see people, it's just background music. I'm great at background music gigs now. Okay. I, I used to like, oh, I need to get their attention. Yeah. It's like, no, just, dude, you don't have to. Don't play harder. Don't right. put tension in your hands. Just play. They can hear the melody. Yeah. And I've proven it time and time again now. I'll, oh, gotcha. And I'll get to playing and I'll just do Bohemian Rhapsody really lightly. I won't even try. And all of a sudden I can hear them starting to sing or something. And it's funny. If they want to join in, great. If not, not a big deal. I'm still going to just like appreciate this moment, what I'm doing, you know, you know, change it up a little bit, practice, rehearse some different chords. There, there is some magic uh, when it comes to learning this simple truth that as a musician in a room that really isn't expecting to engage with the musician. Yeah. If you crank your volume up, if you get louder, if you're a vocalist and you get you sing louder, if you start hitting that that distortion yeah. pedal, that overdrive pedal a little too hard, your mind is that's coming from a place of fear. Yeah. It's coming from a place of insecurity even. Whereas yeah. if you do what you're describing, get a little quieter, draw them in with something that they can recognize and go, Bingo. Is he playing Bohemian Rhapsody right now? Oh, hang on, you guys. Wait, wait. Listen to this guy. And that's what often happens. You draw them in. You, you draw, draw them in. in. You can't force it. You right. Can't force it. And there's so much truth to that, both in the moment on stage, in a room like that, and even in the career of the musician. Well, in yeah. General. Leonard Cohen. I learned this from Joe Smothers. My buddy Joe taught me a quote that Leonard Cohen had. He said, make them lean in, yeah. not away. Yeah, I love that. And I used to make people lean away. I'd play so hard. I'm like... I'm here. Uh, Pay attention to me. Love, love me. Love me. Yeah. And then at, at one point when I just started practicing, he's like, no, dude, you're just a dude playing a box with strings. There's a million like, of us just, out there. Just, but nobody plays it quite like Sean Hopper. Well, I appreciate that. Man. Well, thank you so much for being in here <laughs> dude, today. it's my pleasure. So here's the deal. Now is your chance as listeners to give Sean your two cents uh, or maybe ask him about his. This is the AMA portion of the show, the Ask Musicians Anything portion. All you have to do is call into the studio, 813-239-9663. That number, once again, is 813-239-9663. Call in. Our board op, Charlie, will take your questions, any questions you might have for Sean Hopper here. You can also email those questions um, in the DJ email email here at the station, uh, dj at wmnf.org. Uh, let us know those questions. Sean's going to play another song, and then when we when he finishes that song, if we have any good questions, I will uh, read them off to him, and he'll give you guys the answers. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for tuning in right now. Thanks for watching the live stream, if you're still watching the live stream. And uh, Sean, what's this next song going to be called? Um, I think I'll do something with a little walking bass line to it. Ooh, um, yeah, yeah just something a little more funky. Uh, I just, I don't know. I, again, back to the Ben Lacey stuff. I like putting the groove into it. And um, and if you want to check out a master, look up Ben Lacey. You'll, you'll be blown away. It sounds like 10 people playing. It's insane. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, this is just a jazz standard. It's Blue Moon, but it's just changed up. A little bit of Tommy Emanuel flair to it. This is actually his arrangement. So here we go. One, two, three. 
beautiful. Thank you, bud. <laughs> I want to knock that thing over. Oh, no. Point. Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> man. Sean Hopper, live in studio here on Live Music Showcase. Thanks so much for listening to the show today. Thanks for watching. If you're watching in the live stream, uh, this show is really unique because it takes an entire team of really dedicated and passionate people behind the scenes to make sure that it runs smoothly. And those people are sound mixer Mark Perfetti, audio assistant Pam Robinson, video director is Bree Shoemaker, cameras today are Charles Holsa. Marcy Connors and Will Stead. Our board op is Charlie Cushing. I'm the host, Mr. Ken Apperson. Mr.? That's weird. Mr. Ken Apperson. I guess so. That's strange. <laughs> we do have a few people that uh, left uh, messages for okay. you, I guess we could say. Most of them are comments. Okay. Glenn says, I love that besides being an incredible guitarist, he has the feel for such good rhythm and soulful swings. Well, that's really nice of you, Glenn. So Thank that's you, very man. cool. I appreciate that. This was a text message. Uh, great show, great guest, yay, from Thank someone you. named B. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> what the hell? Damn, hell, damn. The guy can play. CP. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, let's see here. Kirk from Bradenton says today is his anniversary, and he couldn't have asked for better music. Oh, dude, congratulations. That's awesome, Kirk. So speaking of stroking your ego here, this is, this is happening here. <laughs> we do have a couple of questions, too. Sure. Uh, let's see. What is your favorite local venue? Um, gosh, man. I, it's so hard to pick just one. Uh, I mean, I got to give a shout out to Tom White at Skipper Smokehouse because uh, while I don't play there much anymore, because of Tom is kind of the reason I got a lot of the Tim Reynolds gigs. That's awesome. Yeah, Tom, uh, just real quick, uh, the way it happened, I just, okay, I called Skippers from my house <laughs> in Georgia, just like, there's the number. Hey, can I get a gig? <laughs> I sent a CD to you, and Tom, I got him on the phone. He's like, yeah, I'm busy. I don't know who you are. He goes, oh, this is you. He puts it in for a second and goes, okay, yeah, yeah. Come <laughs> That's perfect. That's how it happens. So <laughs> thanks so much for listening to our show today. This is Live Music Showcase. I'm your host, Ken Apperson. Sean's going to take us out with one last song. If you want to hear the whole thing, you can go to our live stream right now on Facebook, WMNF's Live Music Showcase, or listen to it in podcasts on Spotify or Apple Music. Take it away, Sean.